Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to Cyber Synapse, and this episode is the one just before Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody watching. Um, Today we're talking about YouTube and the videos that have appeared um, to, on, on social media that are being discussed, um, Spider-Man and Elsa, and how these are possibly affecting children and young people. So I have with me again Alan McKenzie. The reason um, I've brought Alan on today is because what, what, what I hope to do with this episode is really have a discussion about these videos that exist and also what we can do to help protect children from witnessing them in the first place. So, hello Alan. Hello. Nice Hi. to see everyone again. Here I am back in my, my cell here. Yeah. <laughs> some is, pictures or something put up. Yeah, it is very plain, isn't it? I've noticed that my, my room's quite busy. Um, funny enough that the rest of the room has got lovely pictures and everything in it, but I, I just stuff myself in a corner for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, where to start with this? I think um, ranting and raving is probably something I'm very good at, and I, I'm sure you know that, Alan. So what I am going to do is kind of kind of come from a point that um, this is not new information. Um, these videos that are appearing on YouTube essentially appear right the way across the internet, and lots and lots of children do have access to these. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of going to come at this from a couple of points, Alan, with not only will we talk about YouTube, but we'll talk about the fact that this isn't always about children being left on their own to watch YouTube, for which we're kind of going to get into that. Mm -hmm. But also, this is about children who are in the houses <clears throat> where siblings and parents are also watching these kinds of videos. And children's curiosity, like, like mine and yours, is, is to have a look and see what somebody's watching, especially if they're laughing at it. Mm -hmm. um, so just to give a little bit of a background, because I haven't done it on any of the, the podcasts so far, the reason I research cyber trauma is um, because of videos like this. So it, it started out in about 2011 that I was looking for some information on a, a, a research topic that I was doing. And I kept coming across pictures on social media of surgeries, car accidents, shootings, um, other material that wasn't particularly pleasant. And I kind of started to notice that this was actually quite traumatic to, to come across. But also there is a sinister side to the material that people show. So I think what I'm going to do from here, Alan, is kind of go with what do you think we can start advising parents with to begin with? Because we know that this stuff exists. Um, it, it does. And, and as you say, Kath, it, it has always existed. It, it, it's nothing new, you know, long, long before YouTube. I mean, remember, YouTube's are still only very young. What was it, 2005, mm. YouTube? Uh, April 2005. So it's still very young in, in terms of years. Um, all of this has been going on since well before pre-World Wide Web days, you know, 1989 in forums and, uh, and everything else. Yeah. Um, and so there has always, always been very diverse put it loosely extraordinary content out there that anybody can view without age verifications or anything else and and that's what they they very loosely in this context term as net neutrality you can do what you want 
you know, it, it's essentially that, that that's what it comes down to. Uh, and, and it's why, you know, many of these platforms, particularly the, pop, the popular platforms now, such as YouTube, they get away with it because, you know, that, that's what we've always allowed them to do as, as a society. Not, in, not by law, I mean, but as, as a society, we've yeah. allowed these things to happen. Um, so in terms of, of what can parents do, well, first of all, there, there is a control on YouTube called restricted mode. It's weak at best. It, it really is. Restricted mode doesn't really restrict an awful mm. lot. Um, if anything, it's really uh, incumbent upon the person that's uploading the video to put a tick in the box whether that video is over 18 or not. Uh, and of course, YouTube's AI, their algorithms will pick up on some content which may de be deemed inappropriate, some comments that may be deemed inappropriate. Yeah. It's absolutely weak at best. Um, you've got the YouTube Kids app, um, which came out Jan 2016 uh, in the UK. Or was it? it was about a year before that in, in the United States. Um, that's for children under the age of seven. And um, to be fair, it's a pretty good app. I, I really do like it. There's some really neat little controls in there. Uh, for parents to use in order to curate the content that their children see. And I think therein lies the problem is the curation, that, that word. How are these videos yeah. curated? Um, in terms of some of the, the more disturbing content that we're seeing being reported just recently, actually, you know, the beginning of the year, this really started, the, the impetus started, although it, it has been around for a long time. Um, the, the algorithms basically curate on what are the most popular search words and search terms at the moment. So it's no surprising whatsoever that yeah. things like Elsa and Spider-Man and all that sort of thing. And if you were to look through some of the titles of these videos, they don't even make a sentence. They don't. All people do, or a large, you know, a large proportion of them do when they curate these videos, is they look up the most popular search terms on YouTube, they string all of those words together, and that becomes the title. Yep. But we also yep. know that a lot of these are not curated by human beings. It is, it's artificial intelligence that's curating them. Somebody has created an, an AI bot in order to curate these videos and to essentially automate it. And some of these videos are getting millions and millions of views. So there's not even often a human interaction behind it. Yeah. What that means is that from a parental perspective is the amount of control that you can apply from a technical perspective is limited at best it really isn't and it has to come back to parenting you know and, and i would always apply a, a real world example if you were taking your ch young children out to the playground or to the park or let them you know with their friends or whatever you're always watching them in one way or another mm -hmm. uh, and it's the same when they're on youtube youtube was never ever built with children in mind as yeah. with many other online services they are not built for children no. That doesn't escape from the fact that 98% of children, primary age this is, um, will be using YouTube an awful lot. Um, so parents have got to do that curation for the children. They can't just let them loose on what is a largely unmoderated environment. They just can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I often say it's, it's an 18 plus world that we've allowed children access to. Mm. By, by, you know, in, in the real world, to, to go with your example, you wouldn't be able to get into a nightclub until yeah, you were yeah. 17 or 18, you know, yeah. bearing, uh, bearing in mind some people look slightly older. But there is something about these children have been given a, a, a ticket straight into that nightclub. And obviously adults 
don't have the same rules, values, they don't consider that they may be um, viewed by children. So a lot, of the, a lot of the content that they make is made for each other. But mm. also, I think what we're looking at, and this is where I think there's, there's the uproar at the moment, these videos are made to shock, to traumatise, mm. to um, miseducate, misdirect children and young people because these people who do this, you know, are um, they, they design these videos to be sinister, they design them to be shocking, and they do it because they know that actually there's an intention behind it that then gets them talked about. It's almost like bad media, isn't it? You know, if you uh, uh, create a bad news story about yourself, yeah. you don't get the attention. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of different theories about it going around. Uh, whether any of these are correct, I, I don't know. What, mm. One of the theories is probably the most obvious. It's money. That, that's the big thing. Yeah. It's money. And you can, you know, if you're getting millions of views, you can be making some serious money out Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that, for me, that's probably the best theory there is at the moment. There's, um, there's a, another theory that many of these videos are created for individuals that have these particular fetishes. You know, mm. so that, that, that's a, a definite yeah. possibility there, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. The other one, which I, I'm not really sure if there's any weight on this, it, it's not my area of expertise, but the other one is that these, some of these videos are being created by groups of paedophiles in order to normalise particular behaviours with young children seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's touching going on, babies screaming, crying, it sort of normalises that behaviours. And so it's, it's been described as sort of like a pre-grooming process, so, so you're normalising a particular behaviour. I'm not comfortable with that, uh, I, I have to say, but it, it is a theory that's going around. The validity, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and obviously one of the things I'm going to do with this uh, podcast is probably put out, um, the, the, so I'm going to change this one from clean to explicit, mm. um, which I, I believe changes all of them, but that's by the by. Because yeah. um, there's something about, actually, this it is an uncomfortable topic, and what we're talking about is they are, some of the videos are um, including sexual behaviour, yeah. um, behaviours that adults are performing on. Um, so let's take, for example, these, these Spider-Man and Elsa videos. Mm. Actually, what people are perceiving from an adult perspective is seen very differently by children. Um, mm. And obviously, I know because I, know I work with children um, in, who have been traumatised, sexually abused, groomed. Um, and yes, I, I understand that this, yeah, it is really uncomfortable to talk about that mm. this is a potential tactic used by um, paedophiles and, and how they would normalise and appropriate that if they do this, then actually can you see that other children mm. don't react in the same way, therefore it's okay that I do this. Yeah. So for me, um, this, this always comes back to this, uh, and I'm going to go back to this word of consent a couple of times today mm. probably, um, because actually what we're allowing children to do is to watch the videos without asking them if this is what they want to watch in the first place. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's almost like when Facebook started with the autoplaying of videos. Um, and, and this is where I'm saying it's much, much broader than YouTube because quite often parents give children their phone Mm. And, you know, they might be on um, Facebook. And if the, the warnings are not over the Facebook video, what does happen is child starts to scroll yeah. and there's the video that autoplays. If, yeah. if the parent's phone is set up uh, on only to play autoplay on Wi-Fi and yeah. they're at home, actually yeah. that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, and again, there are certain things that, that children will see, but I also think that 
what we're not doing is having conversations about what the children have seen. Mm. There, there seems to be a bit of an uproar at the moment and we've got it the wrong way around about parents are shouting about, well, my children have seen this. Yeah. And I, I, as a parent, as a, a psychotherapist, I'm saying, okay, well, what conversations are you having with the children? Yeah. Yeah. If there's something that you don't like the look of, will you come and tell me? And then we can look at the video together or maybe we can tell somebody about it or what we can talk about is how that made you feel. Mm. Um, and I, I think this is where we're missing the, the bit of information, which is why, why we said we'd, we'd kind of do this podcast today. Yeah, yeah. So there's I, lots I think, of levels. Sorry, yeah, I, I think that, that one uh, that you mentioned, you know, about the open conversations and everything with the children, that, that it, it is absolutely spot on, but it, it's also incredibly difficult as well. Mm. Um, you, you know, for, for, for some of the children, if, if you do manage to get them to open up, and remember, I, I'm always talking either in, a, in an assembly or a classroom yeah. environment, so just getting the kids to, to open up is, is in itself a, a challenge. Um, but sometimes they will come back and, and, and say, I, I wouldn't speak to my parents about this. And, and you ask them why, and they, they, you know, they'll, they'll give multiple reasons, but the top ones tend to be shame. They're, they're, they're shameful of, of what they're seeing, you know, and, and they don't like it. It scared them, it's upset them, and, and they're shamed by that. Um, some of them will be scared of being judged by their parents. You know, if, if I tell my mum and dad, they'll blame me for it. You know, it must be my fault. Um, yeah. I, I, and many kids do think it is their fault. You know, it was me that pressed the button. It's me that viewed that recommended video. I had no control over it, you know. It's yeah. So that in itself is, is such a difficult one. Um, and I don't think there's a solution. I, I always tell parents ensure you tell your children you won't judge them and please don't judge them because 99.9 times out of 100 it's not their fault at all no uh, i'll judge them for that me and, and don't think about taking their technology away either oh, oh amen <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is uh, yeah i'm like i said when i started this podcast it was never going to go academic but i can i can just give a brief description that shame actually produces the same kind of feelings that trauma does. Yeah, and trauma yeah. victims very rarely come forward to say yeah. this happened. So that, that's the reason why it happens. But also you have the layer of guilt. Yeah. I pressed on it. I shouldn't have done it, which therefore compounds shame. Yeah. So you, you're kind of building this layer up about yeah. why children are not doing what they're doing. So again, this is about learning to have open conversations, but that comes from the parents. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it, it has to. Yeah, and this is this is one of the things that um, I would hope this kind of podcast helps people with is, you know, how do we start those conversations? What do we talk about? Yeah. And I think if you're going to give your child any uh, media, okay, any access to any media, whether it be on a phone, a laptop, a TV, it doesn't really matter where it is that you have conversations about. And sometimes there will be things that you watch that, that might make you feel uncomfortable. And what we do is we talk about that. So, for example early cartoons of Scooby-Doo with ghosts and zombies. Mm. And you can have a conversation about, actually, zombies are not real and neither are ghosts. This is just a bit of a spooky story. And, you know, I, I, I've worked with many, many children, four, five, and six, who are absolutely terrified of, of some of the cartoons, let alone the real kind of uh, images that they're watching. Yeah. Um, and actually, some of these... I'm just thinking as I'm going on here and ranting, and I can feel myself doing that, that actually there's images that are still that can be spotted and seen and that they appear on other other platforms um and this is one of the things about videos as well that some children will send them to each other without knowing the history of another child or what might cause a, a, the same kind of response yeah so 
Um, I'm just going to shut up a second, Alan, and I'm going to let you speak, because otherwise <laughs> I'll go on and on and on. No, you, you're right. You, you're absolutely right. We're, we're, we're talking about the same thing. Um, and, and the way I always think about it is that a lot of the ones I've seen, the majority of the ones that I've seen are just stupid with a bit of violence in them, you know, and they are just silly. It is just play-acting silly things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not an awful lot different from the Tom and Jerry that I used to watch, you know, when, when I was a kid. Um I, I never got scared by that, but I think it's important to con- uh, you know contextualise it as well. Some kids will get scared by that very carny, cartoony type violence, scared cat and uh, scared mouse things uh, and everything else. And, and equally, watching some of these YouTube videos, uh, contextually, some children will just laugh at it, arguable whether that's normalising certain things, um, and, and some kids will be you know, tra- traumatised by, by what they're seeing. So th- th- there's no single answer to it whatsoever. Um, neither is a, there a single solution. You know, we, we say it's up to the parents. Giving advice to the parents on what to do is exceptionally difficult when there is no solution other than turn it off, which isn't practical, or get them to use another platform, which isn't practical. You know, YouTube is ingrained in children's lives uh, yeah, and, and, and saying to them, you can't go on YouTube. That's a nightmare. I spoke to a child a few days ago, literally, um, a year four child, um, uh, uh, and I asked him if he used YouTube. Uh, he says his mum and dad doesn't let, doesn't let him, um, but he still watches it. I said, well, how do, how do you do that then? He says, uh, I take the iPad out into the back garden where they can't see me. <laughs> yeah, kids. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, having worked with young children, and I'm talking primary school age that have been um, groomed online, this, this is... You know, this is how it happens. They learn how to, and I'm going to do that inverted comma, that get away with. And, and that's children, you know, that, that shows innovation through children. How about if I'm not the same as everybody else, and, and this is why I agree with your don't take devices off children, because what, what you are doing is you're taking away um, their friends. Their, their, mm. their, it's part of, it's almost like saying, right, well, you, you can't have your bedroom anymore. Mm the child would be like well where am I going to sleep where yeah. it, it's it really is that that definitive for, for young children well you're punishing them well. yeah you're, you're punishing them you're reinforcing them to to them that it was actually their fault whereas um, it wasn't yeah. their fault you know so that's seen as a punishment by children yeah I think you and I you and I share quite a lot of the same um interests and beliefs around the victim blaming and and yeah and again this is all about consent you know actually you gave the child the item and said that they could watch on it so realistically, it's about the parents consenting with the child about what, what will happen with the device, when they will watch it. Um, and, and I understand as well, totally understand that parents are busy and sometimes they leave the children playing with the iPad whilst they go to make dinner. Um, but, you know, we kind of know what's on television because we have the television rating system. So mm-hmm. you, you already have trust in the system because of what comes out on television that children won't see inappropriate material till after nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of like an inbuilt, understood um, way of being in the world today. Mm. And parents seem to have made the same assumption about the internet. And yeah. I think that it's not, it's not that they're doing things wrong. And I think it's naivety, but also we've made the same assumption because what we choose to watch on YouTube isn't what children would choose to watch. And parents are not watching with the children like we mm. used to with the Tom and Jerry. 
yeah yeah absolutely and, and, and on, on a slightly different slant you know it, it is about the parents that the, the last the vast majority of it is, is about the parents and i know in some ways that that can can seem um uh, you know disappointing that we would always put that pressure on on parents you know and many parents will say well i don't understand the technology I don't, you can't use that excuse anymore in 2017 if you're giving your kids access to this you've got to learn you've got to learn the ins and outs of it you know that, that's not an excuse to be using anymore you, you, you simply mm. can't. but on, on a slightly different slant as well focusing on youtube the organizations have got to take some responsibility as well oh, you yeah know, yeah they've got away with it you know and um you, you only see uh real things being done about it when something goes viral and there's an outcry of how bad it is, you know, and everything else. Um, and I think that's very bad of the companies to do that. For them, it's all about the money. Yeah, we know that. But safety should always come first. You know, they, they say that you're not supposed to have a YouTube channel unless you're 13 years of age with parental permission or 18 years of age. Um, the terms and conditions, they're not very clear in regards to children under the age of, of 13. Um, it doesn't seem to state that I can see that you should not use it if you're under the age of 13. So essentially it's a bit of an open door policy yeah. in that regards. It, it's, very, it's very woolly in the way in which it's worded. Um, but with that said, they know, as well as everybody else, that a huge demographic of children use their services and therefore, it is irresponsible of them to say it is up to you, the user, to report this. Yeah. That's, that's an after-the-fact solution. The horse has already bolted by that point. Yeah. Not acceptable to be doing that. And it is also not acceptable to be using artificial intelligence as your main moderation um, uh, service fair enough it's huge fair enough there's billions of videos up there but i'm sorry that's no excuse you've got billions of dollars in the bank start using it on some proper moderation and yeah. stop trying to rely on technology too much on the moderation and relying too much on other people to report these things it is inexcusable for any organization to, to be doing that when they know for a fact that their largest demographic is is children it's not yeah. acceptable yeah and it, it, it is a responsibility isn't it, it it's mm. um yeah, and I just think that actually that that could be applicable to ev everything that children use on the internet. Uh, yeah. is is actually we should be we should be looking after protecting and caring for our children rather than um, you know this invitation into the eighteen plus world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and equally um, and, and unforgivably, it doesn't seem as though we can rely on the government to help out with this either. You know, if you've seen their internet safety green paper that's that's come out recently. Um, simply if you read between the lines, it, it, it states that we'll be really miffed if you carry on with this type of content. So that's essentially what they're saying, you know, we'll be a bit miffed about it and we'll tell you off. So essentially what they're saying to these big organisations is you need to self-regulate. Well, they've been self-regulating since day dots and it hasn't been working. Uh, so why are we still going down the self-regulation routes uh, and, and we'll punish you with some fines? Yeah. I don't think they'll be particularly bothered by that, to be honest. Uh, no, not when not when you think about uh, uh, and again, you know, this is this is why I agree on the money money side of things. Um, in fact, I was talking on a um, I did a podcast the other day that's due to come out around um, how business works on the dark web. Actually, that's what this is. It's a business. Of course, it is. Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and, and any any of them. 
what they're interested in is is the amount of remuneration they can make mm. uh, you know and, and facebook don't really care and and this is probably not not the best way to to portray myself in in this view but actually facebook don't really care if children see these videos mm. Because yeah. actually, they say that they put the warnings up. But if you kind of read how that happened, that has to be done by the person uploading the video. And then somebody will report and say this is graphic. And actually, how they um, how they kind of monitor what's graphic and what's not leaves leaves me completely befuddled because they'll cover things up which are not actually graphic yeah. and other things they won't. And then you've got to choose. So I think that, what was I on the other day? Um, it might have been Insta or, or Twitter or something that said that this image may may have may have and I clicked mm. nothing nothing like it and I was just like okay who is actually providing these buffering tools because they're they're clearly being kind of slapped on the wrong images and and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and 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 it kind of seems that the moment we start to talk about these things so this is this is on the back of. Um, the, the journalist that we spoke about talking about there's something wrong on the internet. Well, actually, there's always been something wrong on the internet, but there's yeah. always been something right as well. Yeah. Um, but, and, and what this is, is um, yet yeah, there is always a danger, a risk uh, an, of coming across something that's inappropriate, that's distressing, but also violent, graphic, um, sexual. You know, we're talking about children can be open to experiencing anything, yeah. the same as they would be taking a walk down the street. And I'm just thinking about this is almost like a more awkward conversation about parents walking down the street and they see two dogs mating, and the child goes, "What are they doing?" Yeah. Um, it will happen. It happens yeah. in daily life. It's going to happen on the internet. But the the thing about the internet, and I'm quite interested when you said earlier about there are people who have these fetishes, aversions. Um, and and what they want to do is share with their community about this is what we like to do. Yeah. And children can have access to that. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, because we, I mean, we haven't even touched on pornography and, and kind of what, uh, which is another podcast I've got coming up. But the idea of, you know, children can can get access to all of this material. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we're, we're starting to see the, the, the beginnings of things happen, if, if they happen. So, for example, the UK government strategy that's uh, uh, pornographic or uh, uh, sites which host uh, uh, pornography, they will have to have a warning, uh, you, know, you know, are you over 18? Yes, and you've got to prove you're over 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to do anything. That's not going to protect children um, no. at, at all. Um, you, you know, they'll get it from YouTube. They'll get it from... Um, uh, Tumblr, they'll they'll get it from Twitter. They'll, <laughs> you know, all of these. It's 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 pathetic, but I do empathise with that because the government are trying hard. They they genuinely are trying hard to say what on earth can we do about this? You know, arguably they, they've left it too long. You know, Professor Tanya Byron reported on all of this back in two thousand and seven. Here we are in 2017 with still exactly the same problems that we had 10, in fact, not even exactly the same problems. More, more. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and it, it begs the question of, of what on earth is going out there, um, you, you know, in, in these, these high level uh, meetings which nobody has access to and, and who's coming out with these strategies, these initiatives, this advice and guidance. Mm. Uh, nobody else is seeing it uh, and, and nothing nothing pragmatic is being done to help children and parents with this apart from schools the schools are, are the yeah. main people who are trying to help the children and the parents with this 
and they've got an upwards battle on their hand and they can't do it all yeah I, as you were talking, it's, it's something that's been kind of clicking in the back of my head at the moment is actually we've also got the, the issue of what gets hosted and where as well. So this mm-hmm. is one of the things um, uh, when, when I do talk to parents, but actually it doesn't have to be on um, social media. A child could send, and, and this is how I um, kind of got into this research anyway, was some children were emailing each other. Um, links to a website okay and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna portray it on here and those that website contained video snuff movies yeah these are videos where people were actually killed and uh, murdered um, in really horrific ways and the children were sharing this via email because it was just the link Um, and when we kind of looked into what what the link was and where the video was it was hosted in a different country which meant that some of our laws in this in the United Kingdom can't stop people accessing these things if yeah. the uh, internet providers haven't put that in place. So we've, yeah. we've got multi-layered issues that we really do need to get a grip of. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, sites like that should be making it onto the, the IWS blacklist. Uh, and I think more often than not, they are. But yeah. it takes a site or a page or a hidden page like that to be produced before they manage to catch it. So again, yeah. it's always after the horse is bolted, but they do do an incredibly good job down at Internet Watch Foundation. Yeah. Um, and essentially what that means is if it, if it is on a blacklist, then it, it can't make it through the internet provider as long as the provider subscribes to the Internet Watch Foundation. I was going to say, yeah, they've got to, go, they've got to subscribe to the hashing. Yeah. Which, which most of them do now, especially yeah. here in the UK, which, which most of them do. But with that said, again, you know, kids, especially... Um, Young people, they're ingenious. You know, use a VPN to, to get past, you know, all of that. You use any number of uh, bits of software to, to bypass uh, the fact that you're from the UK. You could be make yourself, uh, your computer look as though it's from Thailand or something yeah. like that, so you can get to these sites, you know, quite easily. So there's always a way around it, always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've just realised we went slightly techy then, and I'm I'm just thinking about the parents that might be listening, going, "What what do those letters mean?" Yeah, actually, what you're saying is children can uh, they can oh. make their computer look like it's uh, they pretend. That's yeah. what it is. it's about pretending they're not where they are. They're not yeah. who they say they are. Um, and actually, that's how one of the children um, when I was talking uh, uh, to a, a young child about how did you get onto this, and this was in 2009. How did you get onto that website? Well, well, I just said that I was born in, what was it, the first of the first 1900 or something. And I just thought, how on earth have we even got a system that allows people to be 100 and... Uh, because it, it's very, very rare that we're going to be that old. And actually, yeah. children could make themselves 300, 500, 600 years old yeah. just typing in a birth date that, that's um, made up. And, yeah. and obviously, um, you know my slight rant about this on social media that we had this from uh leicestershire police yeah and they made the video and they said you have to be over 18 so i clicked on it to see okay how do they check this and it wasn't checked yeah so actually yeah. this is again for for parents it's not just applicable to youtube it's applicable right the way across the board that sometimes there there will be a warning mm. and children will click it yeah. And, and that's to do with curiosity again. And, and actually what we need to be doing is putting more and more uh, of these checks in place that we can then follow up to say, this is how we check. Mm-hmm. It, for example, an active credit card from a person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to go into the technical details of that, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more that we could do. But again, uh, we're looking at what, what happens 
really, I suppose this is kind of why I've, why I've written the book and I'm doing this. Is like what happens when the children have seen these videos? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Then, then it comes down to good people like yourself, Kath, it's, it's to be able to help those children uh, and those families. You know, the, the, the wish is that it, that it never gets to that point and we put you out of a job. But in reality, that's, that's yeah. just not ever going to happen. Um, no, no. Not with, not with the internet being as big as it is, because yeah. actually we're talking about 7 billion potential YouTube videos every single minute of every single day. It's, it's a phenomenal amount of, of work to, to kind of think about. Mm. But at the same time, I'm also thinking that parents, um, I, I'm just going to suggest that I, when I talk to parents, I say, do, do you check the history of the videos that the children have watched on YouTube? And do you, do you kind of have a conversation about what's happening in the videos? Because there might be uh, a violent scene uh, there might be something sexual. There might be something that we perceive as sexual as an adult that a child yeah. may not may not even think like that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's absolutely. about these these kinds of conversations, creating critical thinking in the classrooms with teachers yeah. with children. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, you, you said the word earlier. You know, children are curious. Parents have got to be more curious. You know, you, yeah. You, you, you know, you, you've got to counter that curiosity of children with your own curiosity, and like you say, looking through just every now and again, just having a pop through their YouTube history, have a look at what channels that they're subscribed to, because all of these um, inappropriate and disturbing ones that I've seen are all named very child friendly. So yeah. just looking at a name will serve no purpose you need to be looking through a few of those and satisfying your own curiosity to give you the assurance that, that nothing is untoward you, you can't rely on the technology to do that yeah. for you. it's just yeah. not going to work and um, so so have your own curiosity um if, if something has happened then you know have a word with the school as well so, you know because school, because parents can feel out of their depth they, they yeah. certainly can um, so approach the school, ask them for help. Many schools may not be able to give help in, in this regards, but they know who to turn to. That, that's the point. They know where to go for advice. Schools mm. have lots of support services that can help with these types of things just to guide them or to signpost them to the right places. So it's not about parents knowing everything. It's about parents knowing who and where to turn to, I think. That, that's the yeah. important. Bit. yeah and and for me the essence of this podcast has kind of just come to, to, right to that point about okay let make it um a calm response as well so even yeah. if you came across something that was um really horrific actually that's the point at which the parent and i'm going to use a technical therapy term that has to regulate themselves yeah before dealing with the situation so it's about uh, taking a breath and saying okay this has been seen and viewed uh we're going to go back to don't create uh, stress, trauma, shame, uh, guilt in the child. Have a conversation that's about okay, what what happened when you saw this video? Have any of your friends seen it? Should we tell the teachers because we can get somebody to come in? And actually, the the school could actually provide a second layer of support. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I know that not all children will get to come to somebody like me. They they have to exist at home and in schools. Yeah. And this is about can we provide a um, a layer of gentle support? Yeah. And actually, there's words like compassion that I, I often come up for me is about actually these these children don't do these things on purpose, and yeah. even if they do do these things on purpose, actually, that's because they're children, it's not because they're adults making decisions in the same way. Children just don't think in the same way as adults. 
Yeah, I, and, and the, there's the, the more extreme side of that as well. If children are doing it, there is always a reason why they're doing it. And yeah. that could be because something is going wrong somewhere else in, in that family, uh, yeah. you know, other friends, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, so it, it's why you, you, you're spot on. And I totally agree with saying even that look on the face, if your child's told you something, just that look on your face can, can scare the living daylights out of a child as to what have I done? I feel shame, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I would always yeah. say if that comes to light, just make a cup of coffee, excuse yourself for five minutes, compose yeah. yourself and then come back with a, a, you know, a level head and say, right, let's sort this out together. Let's see what we yeah. can yeah and that that is and i will i will say this from kind of a parent in um psychotherapy and an adult place it is the parent's responsibility to regulate themselves first because yeah. actually children struggle with that and this is nothing to do with kind of this cyber stuff that's actually just parent child um kind of statistics is parents are supposed to regulate themselves and the child and children course, yeah, yeah, to regulate themselves and, and, yeah. and we're pragmatic you know we're, we're all parents and we've all seen the red mist every now and again um, yeah <laughs> myself included and you know this is the, the reason i do this is because i actually watched my children um so it's, it's kind of becoming quite common knowledge now that um i I sat the computer in the living room and I watched what my children went on. So I'm talking years and years ago, they were websites like eBums World um, and ones that children frequented. And yes, they had lots of lovely, silly videos on, but there was always the, the sidebar, which yeah. I kept my eye on. Yeah. And it was that that drew me into, why is somebody putting that on the internet? Yeah. What was that about? And that's, that's kind of the cyber psychology, cyber trauma side of things that I'm into. Mm. And this has been going on since 2000 and dot, you know, before yeah. before we all started talking about this in the mediums that we've got now. I mean, podcasts didn't exist really then. And, and mm. so this is a way of being able to kind of share the information. So for parents, um, what I will suggest is that you share this with as many other parents over Christmas, whilst you've all got the time to sit down and, and watch and listen, mm. that... Um, you know, this this becomes a conversation that we can keep having, and obviously they can contact yourself, me, um, schools, and this this is what we do. This is this is why we're doing the podcast because actually it's about the safety of children, and I'm mm. talking, you know, it's psychological, emotional, physical, and cyber. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. At, we're looking yeah. at this cyber safety for children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th I think it's fair to say, you know, to, to parents that are watching this as well, and I know it's easy for, for you and I to talk about these things, Kath, because yeah. we, we work in these areas, uh, yeah. and it's easy for us to say, you know, it is incumbent on you parents to, to do this, that, uh, and the other. We're, we're not saying that as, as a flippant remark. You know, we, we know the issues that you're going through there. We've been there, we've done it. Um, you know, we talk about it in schools with the teachers, with the staff, with the, with, the, with the parents and the children themselves. What we are saying is there is help for you out there. Yeah. There, there, there isn't a solution to all, your, all of your problems. That there, there, there just isn't. Um, but there are ways in which you can be helped through some of these uh, in the hope that it never leads to that traumatic situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously we're, we're here for a bit of advice. You can find us both on social media. Um, and I'm not, I'm not without um, time to actually take, take the time to answer people's concerns. Um, that is one of the things that I, I do. Um, obviously I work with it on a daily basis in lots of different ways. So there's probably not 
a conversation that I haven't had with a parent. So that's that's one of the things to offer is, uh, and I suppose for you, Alan, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this one up for now. Um, just to say, uh, I will be doing a check-in one on later on in the week just to kind of talk about what's coming next year because it's it's going to be really exciting um alan and i will talk again no doubt um mm -hmm. anything anything to do with e-safety anything to do with cyber-based issues uh that there's lots to discuss with lots of people um and this is obviously it's going to be working weekly um so what i will say is have a lovely christmas um and a joyous new year and we will be back uh, in the new year. I don't know when me and you are going to start talking again, Alan. Let's see what happens over Christmas. Um, if there's a topic that comes up, obviously I get round to doing the topic um, and I'm going to keep the schedule a bit more flexible next year. Um, this has been a bit of a learning curve for me as well. Mm. So it's meant that this, this podcast was actually delayed um, when I wanted to do it a little time ago. But, you know, I'd, I'd done so many of them in preparation of me having to learn how to edit and, and so on and so forth. So <laughs> it's, a learning it's a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm no expert either. Yeah. yeah definitely. Right. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Oh, yeah. That was it. Like, subscribe, share. Subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to Alan's uh, newsletter as well because there's always fantastic information in there, um, particularly from Tracy Wayne. Um, I know I write for you as well, yourself. And any other people have come in, and you've now got children right in there. Yeah, their issues in there. So actually, you're going to hear the children's voices. So really, get get signed up to Alan's uh, newsletter. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Kath, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>